lost and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's just open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to come around your word and, and Lord, to look at the, the wonderful truth that the Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, I pray that you bless this time, that Lord, you uh, speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would encourage us through your word, and that, Lord, you would um, just enable me now through the Spirit uh, to speak uh, your words, Lord, and Lord, may you just um, be honored and glorified in everything we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> now, John 14, verse, <coughs> sorry, John 14 here uh, begins with Christ speaking about <coughs> the fact that he's going back to heaven, he's going back to be with the Father, and he's going there to prepare a place uh, for all of us, those of us who are saved. And then um, in verse 4, he says, Whither I go, you know, and the way, you know, Christ says to his disciples effectively, he says, you know where I'm going and you know how to get there. You know, and um, the disciples respond to this. Thomas in particular responds by saying, you know, Lord, I don't understand. Verse 5, he says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Now, effectively, Thomas here is confused, and we're thankful that Thomas speaks up because Thomas says, you know, Lord, where are you going, and how do we get there? How do we follow you to this place? And it's because of Thomas's question that the Lord now responds in verse 6 by giving this uh, very plain and, and simple message, this wonderful verse that I'm sure most of us this morning know very well. In verse 6, the Lord tells Thomas that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning, in this short time that we have, I want us to consider these three uh, blessed truths and what they mean for each of us today. So firstly, here this morning, we see that Christ says that he is the way. Verse 6 again, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way. And so Christ is the way. The question is, what is he the way to? Well, you know, the answer is simple. It's that he is the way to God the Father. He is the way to heaven. He is the way of salvation. And it's important for us to note here, you know, that Christ says that he is the way. You know, that little word, the, is key here, isn't it? Christ is the way. He doesn't tell his disciples here that he is a way or that he is one of many ways. No, Christ makes it plain and simple that he is the only way. He is the way. And the end of the verse makes it even more clear as it concludes with Christ saying, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Christ says that he is the way, and you can't come to the Father, you can't come to heaven, but through him. And so there can be no doubt here that Christ is telling his disciples, Christ is telling us, telling all mankind, that there is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to the Father, and that's through him. You know, many today would have us believe that all roads lead to heaven. That, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian whether you're a Buddhist, a Muslim, a Catholic, Mormon, Jadav, it doesn't matter what you are, all roads lead to heaven. And so therefore they would have us all get along. All of us, you know, cooperate together. You know, sadly, nothing could be further from the truth. All roads do not lead to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, 
and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the sad reality is that all other roads lead to hell. It's a harsh reality, isn't it? A harsh truth, but that is the truth. All other roads lead to hell. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 4 with me. Acts chapter 4. Acts 4 and verse 12. It says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Again, here in Acts, it's abundantly clear that there is only one way to heaven, one way to the Father, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name that can save us. There is salvation not to be found in any other person than following anyone else other than Christ. He is the only way. You know, of course, the question then is, how is Christ the only way? You know, what has Christ done for him to be the only way to make all this possible? Well, the answer, of course, lies in the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, left heaven's glory and came to earth to live among us as a man. He lived a sinless life and then he died on the cross for the sins of all mankind. He died on that cross, he was buried and he rose again the third day. And it's because of what Christ did on the cross. Because of his death, his suffering for you and I there, his burial and resurrection, that we are now able to be saved from sin and have a home in heaven with him one day. It's because of what he did that Christ is the way. You see, it's our sin that separates us from God. It's our sin that condemns us to eternity without God. Romans 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. All of us have come short of God's glory, and therefore because of that, we are now separated from Him, destined to spend eternity in hell. Romans 6, 23 says, The wages of sin is death. The penalty for our sin, we're all sinners, and the penalty for sin is death. And so sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin is the thing that condemns us, that separates us from God. And so therefore sin must be paid. The sin death. Someone must pay the wages. Someone must pay the price. And as we saw in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The price is death. And that is, of course, what Christ did on the cross all those years ago. Christ died in our place, in the place of all mankind, taking the punishment for our sin upon himself. Turn over with me to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. It says, who his own self bare our sins in his own body. On the tree, Christ died on the cross bearing our sins in his own body, taking the punishment for our sin upon himself. And in doing so, he paid the debt. He paid for our redemption. You know, the wonderful thing is that Christ's death on the cross there was sufficient for all. You know, it wasn't that Christ died for some and not others. Christ died for all. He made the way open for all mankind to 
to be saved. He made the way open for all mankind to come back into fellowship, a relationship with God the Father. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 with me. 2 Corinthians 5. St. Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, but hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Reconciling the world unto himself. That's what Christ came to do. Christ came to reconcile the world unto God. Reconciliation, of course, is the idea of bringing two opposing parties together. Christ has done all to bring mankind back into a relationship with God. He's removed every obstacle. It's through Christ that mankind, therefore, is able to be saved. It's through Him that we're able to have eternal life. We're able to go to heaven one day. And the wonderful truth is that all that we have to do is simply believe. Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The wonderful truth, isn't it? All we have to do because of Christ's work is believe. He has done it all. He has made it all possible for every single one of us to be saved, all mankind to be saved. But all we have to do is believe. Jesus Christ is indeed the way. He is the only way to heaven. You know, I wonder today, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Now, I know that most of us here, there's not many visitors here this morning. But, you know, it's still a question we need to ask, isn't it? I wonder today, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him as your personal savior? You know, he has done all. He has made the way open. But you must accept him by faith to be, to be saved and have a home in heaven one day. Secondly, here we see not only is he the way, but we're told that he is the truth. <clears throat> John 14, again, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The truth and the life, no man cometh from the Father but by me. <clears throat> and so secondly here, Christ says that not only is he the way, but Christ tells his disciples here that he is also the truth. You know, once again, this is a definite statement, isn't it? He is the truth. It doesn't say that he is some of the truth or that he teaches us truth. Rather, it says that he is the truth. He's the source of truth. Christ himself is truth. You know, in the context of the passage, Christ is speaking about, as we saw, coming to the Father. And therefore, he's saying that he is the true means of coming to the Father. He is the truth. This, of course, cl closely links with his first statement, doesn't it? His first statement that he is the way, Christ is now also the truth. He is the true way to the Father. You see, Christ is the truth as opposed to all false religions out there that teach that there are other ways to come to God. There are other ways of salvation. Christ is the truth. He is the only true way to come to the Father. All other means are lies. All other means are deceit. All other means are error and false. But the way of salvation through Jesus Christ is the truth, And because Christ is the truth, it means that he can set us free. He sets us free. Go to John 8 with me. <clears throat> John 8, 
31. <clears throat> it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. It says that the truth shall set you free, shall make you free, and Christ is the truth. Christ the Son is the one who makes us free. He sets us free from the law of sin and death. He sets us free so that we no longer are in bondage to sin. See, before we get saved, before we put our faith and trust in Him, the Bible tells us that we are the servants of sin, that we are in bondage to sin. We have no choice but to obey our sinful flesh. Romans 6. <clears throat> Romans 6 and verse 16. It says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Talks about there the fact that before salvation we are the servants of sin, in bondage to sin, with no hope of escaping that grip that it has upon us. You know, when we get saved, when we place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth, then you and I are set free from the bondage of sin. Without Christ, we are the servants of sin. We've no choice but to serve sin, to obey that, that sinful flesh. But Christ can set us free. Christ, the truth, can set us free. You know, once we are saved, we are set free, and it means that we have the ability now to live for Him, doesn't it? Because Christ has set us free, we now have the ability to please God, to live for Him, to honor Him, and obey Him. In Galatians 3 and verse 13, it says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has set us free from the curse of the law. Where once there was no hope, where once we were lost and condemned on our way to hell. Through Christ we are now made free, and indeed more than that, we're made part of the family of God. We're adopted into His family. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 15. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we might also be glorified together. We are made children of God. And heirs, and not just that, joint heirs with Christ. And this is all possible. Why? Because Christ is truth. You know, this is only real for us as we recognize Him as truth. 
as we accept Him as the truth. We must recognize the truth of His Word. We must recognize that He and He alone is the way of salvation before we can experience this freedom that's found in Him. Now, unfortunately, today the the world, once again, is opposed to this truth, aren't they? The world believes, or would have us believe, that truth is relative. That everyone can arrive at their own truth. You know, this is completely contrary to the Word of God. Truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. God's Word is truth. The Lord Jesus Christ is truth. And He and He alone can save you and I from our sinful state. He and He alone can set us free. So I wonder today, have you recognized Christ as the truth? Have you experienced the freedom that's found in Him? As it says in John 8 verse 32, the truth shall make you free. You know, if you're here today and you are saved, then we can praise God for the freedom we now have in Christ. Praise God that we are no longer in bondage to sin and death. That we have been set free and now through the Spirit we can honor and glorify Him. We can live for Him. We can be victorious over sin because of Christ, the truth. And He has indeed set us free and adopted us into the family of God. Lastly here we see that Christ says that He is the life. The life, verse 6 again, Jesus saith unto Him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the life. You know, once again, as with the first two statements, this is a definite statement, isn't it? He is the life. In other words, Christ is the source of all life. Life would not exist without Him. He is God and everything therefore emanates or it comes out of Him. Go to Acts 17 with me. Acts 17 and verse 25 says, Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And then drop down to verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our own our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. It is through him that we live, we breathe. It's through Him that life exists. Without Christ, without God, life would cease to exist. You know, as with the the first two statements that Christ makes, you know, the world is opposed to this statement as well, aren't they? The world today would have us believe that all roads lead to heaven. The world would have us believe that truth is relative. And they also try to tell us that life just happened. That life just happened by chance. You know, evolutionists would have us believe that life doesn't originate with God, but rather it just happened somehow, magically on its own. Now, God's Word tells us clearly the opposite. The Lord Jesus Christ is the life. God is life. Go to Colossians 1, verse 17 with me. <clears throat> Colossians 1 verse 17, it says, And he is before all things, 
and by him all things consist. Christ is before all things. He's the source of all things. All things consist, continue to exist. So he gave us life and it's only through him that we, ex- we continue to exist. The universe continues to exist. It's because of God, because of Christ. Without him, we would cease to exist. He's the source of life. But not only that, not only is he the source of physical life, but Christ is the source of spiritual life or eternal life. And that is, in particular, what Christ is referring to here in John 14, 6, isn't it? He's referring to spiritual life or eternal life. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, all men became sinners. Death passed upon all men. Go to Romans 5 with me. Romans 5 and verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. Death came upon all men. Death, of course, he was talking about much more than just physical death. It's talking about spiritual death. It's talking about the fact that we are now separated from God, separation from Him. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, we are all born separated spiritually from God. We're all born spiritually dead. Separated from God and destined to spend eternity in hell. You know, Christ came so that we might no longer be spiritually dead. That's why Christ came. Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. Christ came so we might have spiritual life, so we might have fellowship once again with the Father, have a relationship with Him. Go to Ephesians 2 with me. Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Here we see clearly that it's through Christ that we are quickened or made alive. Made alive in Christ. It's through him that we have life. Without Christ, we are dead. Dead in trespasses and sins. Spiritually dead, unable to commune with God. Through faith in Christ, through faith in His finished work, we are then we are made alive spiritually, and now we have fellowship with Him. One John five eleven speaks about this. Let's just go there. Last passage we turn to this morning. First John chapter five. Verse eleven it says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. When we turn to God in faith, we are given eternal life. And this life is found where? In His Son. The life. The source of eternal life. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is indeed the life. He is the source of all life, both physical and spiritual. So again, I wonder today, have you recognized the fact that Christ is the source of life? Have you acknowledged him as the life? That without Christ you are dead in trespasses and sins. Unable to please God. Only when you turn to him in faith will you be made alive and able to have fellowship with him. 
The Lord Jesus Christ is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. And you know, Christ sums it up perfectly for us what it all means at the end of the verse where he says, No man cometh to the Father but by me. There is no other way of salvation. There is no other way to the Father, no other way to heaven but through him. You know, if there is anybody here this morning who has never accepted Christ, then maybe today you would recognize this truth. Recognize that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Before it's eternally too late. But you know, for those of us who are saved, you know, we ought to rejoice in a verse like this. Rejoice in the truths it contains for us. Because it is only through him that we're able to come to the Father. It is only through him that we are now free from the curse of sin. It's only through him that we have fellowship with the Father and have a home in heaven one day. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this wonderful, glorious verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, we thank you for all that it means to us. Lord, I know that um, most, most of us here this morning, if not all, know you as, as our Savior, Lord. But I pray if there is anybody here, that you'd work in their hearts. Lord, if there's anybody here who maybe thought beforehand they were saved and realized they're not, maybe today they come to you in faith. May bless as we close now. May we rejoice in these glorious truths, we pray in Jesus' name.